A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Today we have a crazy story of revenge involving a friend at the office going too far. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, how I got my ex girlfriend's husband to divorce her without any settlement. My ex was one of those people who just felt entitled to everything and everyone. She used people at will and dropped them at will. For many years, she'd end our relationship when she found someone who was sugar daddy material and then comes running to me when her sugar daddies got bored of her. I tolerated so much from her that my friends stopped respecting me. They would get so pissed and then one day they decided that they were done with me and her. I had no one to rant about all she'd done to. It was unfair. On many occasions, two of my friends had been so hurt by how much she hurt me that they confronted her and it ended up getting physical. Everyone believed that she put a spell on me. Well, I don't. I did take so much that it seemed impossible for any man to hang around after all that nonsense, but it wasn't a spell or anything crazy. I just loved her. She's my first love, the first girl I fell in love with, and the girl of my dreams. I loved her from the first day that I saw her at a party my cousins organized. I'm the only boy in my family. My mom raised my sisters and me all by herself. When I got into high school, my mom decided that I had to go live with her brother. I don't know what to do with him. I can't raise him to be a man. I heard her tell my uncle over the phone. Everything was set in place and after that summer, my uncle's wife came for me. I was going to spend all of high school at my uncle's and only visit my mom and sisters on holidays and in the summer. I loved it. And my uncle at first, it was mostly because they weren't struggling, not like we were at my mom's. My mom worked two jobs and had a small business on the side. We hardly ever saw her not moving, and we managed money so much that we had the most ridiculous portions of everything. At my uncle's, everyone could pour out as much cereal as they wanted and have as much milk too. I never heard my uncle and his wife complain about money being tight. There was enough to go around. I liked my cousins too. My guy cousin was older, so he gave me clothes, cologne, and advice. I didn't grow up with my dad, so having a cousin who was like a big brother and an uncle who was like my dad was a huge blessing. My cousins were fun to be around, and they looked for any excuse to throw a party. Let's throw a welcome party, my girl cousin suggested one day. I said, for me? She said, yes, it's going to be fun. I expected a party of just my uncle and aunt, my cousins, and maybe two of their friends but I was shocked to see so many people at the house. It was like they emptied the entire school and street in the house. Now you can meet everyone before school resumes. Not everyone, my guy cousin interjected. Then he turned to me. Most people traveled with their families for summer. It was a fun party, and my cousins made sure to introduce me to everyone. It was at that party that I met my ex-girlfriend. She was stunning. I thought, who is this Egyptian goddess? She had a small black dress on and her hair was in blonde braids. Who is she? I asked my cousin. She laughed and said, someone who'd break your heart. When she saw that I wasn't looking away from the girl, she gently turned my head to face her. Look away, honey. That one is not for you. I said, why? She has a boyfriend? She said, yes, that and she'd break your heart. I said, she's so beautiful. They said, yeah, the entire school thinks the same. I didn't see my ex again until the first day of school. I walked up to her and introduced myself. She said hello and squeezed my hand. It was the sweetest thing to have her squeeze my hand like that. 
I later told her this when she agreed to date me, and she would squeeze my hand whenever she wanted me to do something for her. On three different occasions, I asked her out, and on those three occasions, she turned me down. She told me that the guy everyone thought was her boyfriend was not really her boyfriend. We decided that we were incompatible, so we're just winging it. She led me on for so long. We would hang out and she'd even kiss me and I'd think, okay, we're together now. But then I'd see her with the other guy the next day holding hands and playing a couple. I decided to move on and date someone else. My cousin introduced me to her friend, a pretty girl who was very not problematic. My friends were pleased since they hated my ex. The minute my ex noticed that I was no longer paying her attention, she started trying to get me to talk to her and even lied. I still think she lied, about having feelings for me. She went out of her way to prove that we were meant to be together. I ended things with my girlfriend at the time and went to be with her. My friends were mad at me and so was my cousin. She didn't speak to me for weeks. At the time, I didn't care. It was the love of my life and I was against the world. Three months into our relationship, she cheated on me with the guy she was being casual with. I was hurt and ended my relationship with her. For a while, we went on and off. We would try to get back together and someone else would hold her attention. I finally broke it off in my sophomore year in college. After college, we met again. She went to my workshop with her friend who was looking to buy a piece for her house. She looked even more beautiful than she was when we were younger. She was more feminine, more graceful, and mature. I never forgot about her. In fact, I had thought of her that morning. I even had a painting of her. There's a reason we keep coming back together, she said, holding and squeezing my hand. She had asked me to have a drink with her that evening, and I agreed. Yes, because I keep taking your butt back. I'm the only man stupid enough to take you back. She rolled her eyes and squeezed my hand tighter. She knew just how to push my buttons. I'm sorry about everything. I'm never leaving you, never again. She kissed me and I kissed her back and then suddenly broke away. What is it? She asked, looking worried. This cannot happen again, I warned her. We cannot keep doing this off and on thing. If things go bad this time, we are never getting back together. I know, she said and tried to kiss me again, but I pulled away. I mean it this time. This is the last lap for me. She said I know, I promise not to mess this up. For the first six months, she didn't. She wasn't just a better girlfriend than she'd ever been to me. She was better than all the girlfriends I've had. She supported me, helped me at the studio, bought groceries when I was too tired from creating all night, cooked me dinner and made breakfast whenever she spent the night. We'd had the most passionate relationship. It was the kind of relationship I'd always wanted, and it was with the girl I'd wanted it to be with. I felt lucky. I did everything to please her, worked harder and sought more opportunities to expand my work too. Things suddenly went awry in our seven month of being together. An art curator who was also a foreigner had sent me an email proposing that I show some of my works in her gallery. I jumped on the opportunity and proposed an exclusive exhibition event for my works. I had always wanted my work to be seen in that country and was excited about the possibility of that finally happening. When she was around, she suggested that we had lunch together to further discuss our plans. We went to a restaurant in the city. It was a high-end restaurant and was often frequented by the cream of the crop. This is a beautiful restaurant, I commented. They said, right? It's very particular about art. I assumed you've been. I said, no, I haven't. I've heard about how great their food is, but I didn't know about the art. I can see how intentional they are about the theme and the kind of artwork to show. 
They said, oh, they're very intentional. She kept on talking, but I wasn't paying attention because I'd seen someone that looked like my girlfriend looking all dolled up and having lunch with a much older man on a corner of the restaurant. Hello, did you hear me? I'm sorry, I thought I saw my girlfriend. She smiled and we talked to a waiter about our reservation and went on to sit at our table. All through the meeting, I was distracted because I kept wondering whether or not that was my girlfriend. My girlfriend was a denim and big shirt person. The woman I saw was wearing a nice peach colored dress. Her hair was styled neatly and it was shiny and she had full makeup on. I didn't get a chance to look well. They were sitting in a corner that I suspected people stay when they don't want to be noticed. You seem distracted, the curator observed. I apologized and looked away. I didn't want to mess things up for myself. I was finally close to making my work known in another country, and I was bothered about seeing someone who looked like my girlfriend. It occurred to me at that moment that I had very little trust in my girlfriend. She had cheated and lied so many times that even at the time when she was doing everything to redeem herself and regain my trust, I couldn't bring myself to trust her again. I noticed that the older man and the woman who looked like my girlfriend had gotten up and as if I'd been waiting to do that all my life, I stood and went after them. I totally forgot that a curator and one deal that could potentially change my life and career forever was sitting in front of me. I called her name and she turned. Of course it was her. I could not believe my eyes. At the time, I didn't even consider that just as I was on a business lunch, my ex could be too. I knew it wasn't business. She was all dressed up and there was certainly something going on. She hurried over and said hello in a very casual manner. What's going on? Who is he? I asked in a shaky voice. She just looked at me weirdly and said, Can we talk later? I was stunned so surprised that I could barely even move. She walked away with him and never contacted me after that. Well, not until after she married the older dude. I called, texted, talked to her friend, and she ignored me. I went to her house and she would refuse to see me. It was a terrible point in my life. I didn't just lose the curator and a chance to blow up my career as an artist. I also lost the love of my life. I was sad for weeks. But when I heard from my cousin that she had gotten married to the older dude I saw her with, I suddenly became better. I don't know how, but I found closure and allowed myself to understand that it was over. My life was going just fine. I was on my way to doing well in my career as an artist and finding my feet when my ex reached out to me. In the past, I'd feel angry, sad, and sometimes even elated whenever she did this, but this time I was amused. I was no longer new to her games, and I knew just what she was up to. I played along because I was determined to turn the table around this time. She started coming to my gallery and giving excuses about why she did what she did. She needed his money. She even promised to divorce him and make sure I make a fortune from her settlement. She talked about the prenup and how she has to be with him for a number of years to benefit from the divorce. She would then seduce me and get me to hook up with her. I found it amusing how she trusted me so much. It just showed how little she thought of me. She probably felt I was stupid enough to take her back, but I meant what I said when I said it. I was done, and that was the last lap for me. She started to come over to my house. She would hide and sneak and sometimes even sneak in at night when her husband was away. One day, I filmed us without her consent. Then I printed the photos myself so it doesn't get out, 
and had them mailed to her husband's office. I ensured to include that it's a very private parcel, so only he gets to see it. He saw the photos, got pissed and showed them to her. She called me many times, but I ignored her calls and texts, just as she ignored mine the year before. His team reached out to me and begged me not to release the photos to the public. They were trying to preserve his reputation, and his wife cheating on him would not look good. I agreed because I wasn't going to do that anyway, and they offered some money to give them all the copies I had, and show proof that I'd deleted it. I did all that and was given some money. Months later, he officially announced that he was getting a divorce from his wife. I knew from what my ex had told me that she was getting nothing out of the divorce, since she hadn't been married to him long and was unfaithful in their marriage. That was how I got back at my toxic ex and made some money in the process. The last time someone told me about her, she was married to some average guy and had a kid. I looked her up on Facebook and she did not look good. I bet she was looking to make a lot of money off the older guy while keeping me on the side like some toy. Too bad life does not work that way. I mean, I guess to some people it might be attractive enough to hang around as some kind of side piece while somebody gets rich and then you can kind of just have like a sugar mom. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Situation or something. But I do think most people would have left her in the past long before OP did. Honestly, the amount of chances OP gave her were kind of astonishing. That said, our next story is, my friend at the office went too far. Danny and I met his colleagues at my company. To say that he was charming would be a big understatement. Danny was warm and welcoming and he really helped me get settled. 
quite honestly, he was my first friend at the company. Apparently, the effect went both ways. I was apparently the first person he had opened up to as much as he did at the company. Joan from accounting had told me that before I got into the company, he was very reserved and rarely ever spoke unless spoken to. He didn't get involved in office activities and he basically just did his work and went home at the end of the day. He even went out of his way to miss office social events like parties. In a way, I felt kind of good that I was able to befriend such a reserved person. However, over the next year and a half, I would come to regret that thought, and it would drive me to the depths of frustration and anger. You might need some popcorn for this. I don't think I can exactly remember the moment when I noticed that Danny was getting a little too close to me. It just sort of dawned on me. Really, I could understand. We were close friends, we were both single, we hung out a lot. It was understandable that he might get interested in me, but you see, I wasn't exactly interested in Danny. At least not in the way that he probably expected me to be. He was a really incredible guy and an awesome friend, but he was just that to me. A friend. I loved going to bars with him after work and talking about just about everything. I loved ranting to him about being stressed and our boss Mark who was honestly a pain and quite difficult to deal with. I especially loved bring homemade lunch to work Wednesdays which as the name implied required us to make a unique lunch and then switched at work. He was actually quite a decent cook but that was it. I felt no form of romantic connection to him at all. None. Not a zilch. Dan on the other hand seemed to have a completely different idea of our friendship. It seemed to him that spending time with him was a sign that I was interested in him, and so he started to decide himself that I wanted him, but was just waiting for him to make the first move. Then our Halloween party happened. By the time of the Halloween party, I had worked for six months at the company. I had spent a long enough time with the company to feel comfortable, but I was still cautious about what I did, so I decided not to go all out with my costume. I had originally wanted to go as Ariel from The Little Mermaid, but instead decided to go as Marty McFly from Back to the Future at the last second. When I got to the office, most people instantly recognized who I was dressed as and commended me on a good job with the costume. However, when Danny saw me, he seemed quite upset. I was quite confused as I didn't expect his anger, and the fact that it seemed directed at me baffled me even more. I decided to move past that and just try to have a nice time at the party. For most of the party, Dan completely ignored me, When I did try to talk to him, he would either scowl or pretend like he didn't hear me talking to him. However, after ignoring him for a while too, he suddenly walked up to me and told me he'd like to talk to me privately. We headed up to the top of the building to talk. When we got there, the first question he asked was why I didn't tell him I was going to change my costume. I got even more confused. First, there was his odd attitude and being upset at me for no discernible reason. And now here he was questioning my costume choice? What was going on? I was about to scold him when I looked at his outfit and realized what was going on. He was dressed as Prince Eric, the prince Ariel falls in love with and eventually ends up with. At that moment, it all made sense to me. He'd assumed that I'd come in my Ariel outfit. I could bet that he even planned a grand romantic display or something. Prior to this, I'd simply chosen to ignore his obvious infatuation with me. I thought that by ignoring him, he'd eventually get the memo that I wasn't interested and his crush would run out of steam. I could see then that I had to address it and I had to do it immediately. The major issue with this though was that I didn't want to hurt him. And I also didn't want to hurt our friendship. 
it's not exactly the easiest thing in the world to do. So carefully as I could, I broke it to Danny that I only saw him as a friend and nothing more. I suggested taking a break from me to enable him to deal with whatever emotions he had for me. I assured him that I didn't want things to get awkward between us and he still had a friend in me no matter what. After what seemed like hours, he finally responded. He just said, okay, and almost sprinted back into the building and all the way down and out. I didn't see him again till two days later. For a while, things were awkward between Danny and I. He seemed a little detached, and he didn't talk to me as much as he used to. He also started canceling all the plans we had made before. I didn't really stress it, as I understood how he must have been feeling. After all, I too had been rejected before. It got to a point where people started noticing that Dan was becoming his old self, and they started asking me what had gone wrong. However, after a while, Dan seemed to deal with whatever emotions he was dealing with and started talking to me again. In no time, we were back to being best buddies. This time, though, without the weird infatuation I had noticed before, things were great till I met Matt. The funniest part about it all was that I actually met Matt through Danny. Danny and I had gone to our regular watering hole and he had gone to get us our drinks when he met a friend from high school. Excited to meet someone he hadn't seen in such a long time, he struck up a conversation with him, eventually inviting him over to our booth. Matt was witty and funny, we instantly hit it off. I didn't notice when I started flirting with him. The beer certainly helped loosen my inhibitions a bit though, I will admit. By the end of the night, I had exchanged numbers with Matt. For the next week or so, we actually didn't talk at all. Then one evening, I got a text from him asking if I'd like to go out sometime. I agreed. Soon we started going out quite regularly. I fell for Matt quite easily. There's just something about him that's lovable. I wasn't afraid to be vulnerable or anything around him, and he became my biggest confidant. I made sure Dan knew that I was seeing Matt early enough, and he didn't seem to have a problem with it. As a matter of fact, a few times we all hung out together to go see a movie or just have a few drinks. I was worried at first that Dan would get jealous, but after observing him for a while, he seemed pretty cool about it all. It didn't take time for all that to change. It started with Dan complaining that I wasn't spending enough time with him. This was true, but it wasn't as if we were spending so much less time together that it was worrisome. At least, it didn't seem that way to me. I assured him that things were still fine with us, and I was simply just spending more time with Matt, which was understandable. I thought this answer would satisfy him, but every once in a while he'd randomly ramble on about missing how we used to be and jokingly claiming that Matt came into the picture to ruin everything. I didn't want to make an issue out of this, so I just let it be. Then one day he turned up drunk at my house professing his love for me and screaming that he could do so much more for me than Matt ever could. I was thoroughly embarrassed, but at the same time, I sort of felt sorry for him. He clearly hadn't totally dealt with his feelings for me, like I thought he had, and now that I was with someone new, it all came bubbling right up to the top. It didn't help that the person I was with was someone he knew and had introduced me to. At first, I refused to come down and simply told him to go home from my balcony, but when I checked in a couple of hours later and saw him still there, but this time passed out, I felt a little guilty. This was my friend. If anything, I had to make sure that he didn't spend the night on the street. And so I went down, woke him up, brought him back upstairs, and tucked him snugly on my couch where he promptly slept. By the time I woke up the next morning, he was gone. I tried to talk to Dan about what had happened that night, but he denied it ever happening. 
I figured perhaps he was so drunk that he blinked out and again decided to let things be. However, after that day, Matt started to receive multiple threats. He would see random notes on like his car or slipped under his door with messages like, leave her alone or she's better than you. I instantly suspected that Dan was behind it, but I couldn't prove it and Dan seemed so normal with me. It wouldn't make sense to falsely accuse him of being responsible and probably end our friendship. Matt reported the notes to the police, but they really didn't take it seriously. That was till one day the stalker actually went on to break into Matt's apartment and set it on fire. I don't think I've ever seen Matt that scared ever. He felt so in danger that he actually skipped town for a few days, as he was almost certain that whoever was stalking him was after his life. He knew that it had something to do with me, and so he advised me to take extra security measures, and he asked us to take a break for a while. His reasoning was that if the person was mad at him for being with me, us taking a break might placate the person at least for a while, giving the police enough time to work and figure out who this person was. It was at this point that, driven by the fear of losing Matt, I decided to confront Dan about it all. If I was right, I could report him to the police. If I was wrong, I'd lose a close friend, and possibly my job too, forever. I confronted Danny about it, and he didn't even deny it. He just claimed that he had done it all for my good, and that Matt was no good for me. He somehow expected that I'd be swayed enough to actually give him a chance. But the entire time he spoke, I was seething. However, I had a plan. I played along and told him I was grateful for making me realize how he was the right person for me. I told him that he had proven his love for me and I was ready to be with him. However, I told him to recall all he had done and how he had done it in every single detail. He was only too happy to recall it all for me. Before he even started speaking, I had hit record on my phone. I sent the voice recording to everyone. His family, everyone at work, the police, Matt, my friends. I even sent it to him too. His termination letter from the company was ready by the end of the day. When the police tried to arrest him at his home later that day, however, he was nowhere to be found. That night I heard a rattling on my door. Scared that Dan was coming for me, I grabbed the baseball bat that I always keep beside my bed and snuck into the sitting room. He was there sneaking into the kitchen. I didn't even give him a chance. I swung hard and repeatedly. By the time the police got there, I had managed to not only neutralize any threat he was going to pose, but had broken a few of his bones in the process too. Finally under arrest, I could finally breathe a sigh of relief. Things moved really fast after that. His family actually offered their apologies to Matt and I. I even got a few days off work to recover from the stress of everything by the management. I attended every single hearing of the trial against Dan, and I boldly testified against him. It honestly stung a little to do that to someone I once considered a friend, but whenever I started to feel sorry for him, I reminded myself that he could have hurt or killed me that night if I didn't attack him first. It didn't take long at all for the jury to reach a verdict. He was found guilty on all charges brought against him, which included breaking and entering, harassment, and arson. I was so glad when the verdict was read. Matt and I are still together till this day. As a matter of fact, we're engaged now. Every once in a while, I still think about Danny, and I feel a little pang of sadness. However, I have no regrets doing what I did, and I'm glad he got what he deserved. I'm gonna be honest, I'm impressed that OP can even still have any amount of sympathy for him. 
I guess maybe when you knew this guy for a while and you figure mentally they just probably have some issues going on, you can begin to try to rationalize it or understand why it happened. But with what they did, I'd imagine it's very easy to at the same time very quickly drop that sympathy. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest videos, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.